information to help you run your business better and improve your marketing campaigns. My name is Hank Hoffmeyer, and thank you for joining me on Hank's Marketing and Business Tips. Welcome to episode 285 of the HMBT podcast. Today, I'm joined by Danielle Perlin Good. She is the Soul Aligned Ghostwriter and award-winning best-selling author. She empowers thought leaders to amplify their lasting legacies by unleashing their nonfiction content, creating a profound impact, and transforming lives. With a wealth of experience, she has contributed to over 20 books, ranging from memoirs and thought leadership books to business and personal growth books. Additionally, she provides book and story coaching, editing, and consulting services to C-suite executives, ensuring their message is concise, beautiful, and genuinely authentic. Danielle, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I don't really have a lot of quote unquote writers on my show. And it's going to be a great conversation today because I think uh, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to content, especially when there's people that create their own content or use a ghostwriter, as well as maybe start to use AI. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Hank. I'm glad to be here. Let's take a step back. I'm sure a lot of people in my audience know what ghostwriting is or what a ghostwriter does. But for those that maybe are newer to getting into marketing or just starting a business and they don't really know a lot about marketing, writing, or uh, doing content creation, can you talk about what you do as a ghostwriter and why someone might want to work with a ghostwriter? Absolutely. In terms of what I believe to be ghostwriting, I have always thought of ghostwriting as helping other individuals and executives, in my case, with their stories. So a lot of times people will say, well, how can a ghostwriter help me? Or they'll say, I need a ghostwriter because I don't want to write any of this myself. The thing is that I always say is it's an 80-20 partnership. So it's 80% on the ghostwriter, but the ghostwriter cannot make sure that the content is in the best shape it can be in until the ghostwriter gets all of the stories. And the stories have to come from the individual. And that's where that 20% comes from. Because if we don't have those stories, the ghostwriter is not responsible for making it up, so to speak. I, I have made up examples in the past and delivered ideas to my clients uh, to see, okay, is this the right direction? Is this what you want to say? Are we combining stories to tell a truthful point that they want to discuss? There's a lot of different fun ways of doing that. But at the end of the day, you need both parties to be on track and be able to come together and work together in partnership. You've probably heard the phrase, 
you should write a book. There's a book in everyone, right? And somebody can go out and they can write a beautiful book with maybe very little editing, or there'll be somebody that's so afraid to start writing a book that they'll never do it. I'm kind of in between. I, I've written a book and I have had an editor that heavily edited it. Is it, a, is it the hugest, biggest Amazon most selling book ever? No, but I, I've written a book and I've kind of told my story. And I think what you're saying is great. It's, it's, Really what it comes down to is you're helping people organize the information, thoughts, history, you know, biographical information, all the, all this stuff that they have that they feel like they can't get on paper and put out into the world because of some challenge, right? And you're there to give confidence to organize and, and uh, tell that story. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with terms like polish it up, make it look good, make it sound good, make it compelling there. This way mm-hmm. people would want to read it, right? Is what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. And the the thing that I always say too is, you know, I always ask what type of support do you feel you need in order to accomplish your goals, right? So once we understand the support that is needed for the person to write the book, to edit the book, to publish the book, then I can have a conversation and really get to understand what they need, and then what services I can provide. If somebody comes to me with an already polished manuscript and they say, listen, I think I just need proofreading on this. I just want to know what my publishing options are. You know, I have publishing consultations from people on my team, right? I'm not going to offer that person ghostwriting services because they already have their manuscript. Um, and it doesn't make sense. So when somebody comes to me and says, I know I need support in the writing, but I want to write it myself. I just need organizational feedback along the way. Then that's book coaching. So that is the 80-20 flipped. So the 80% is on the author, who is my client, and the 20% is on me. I have to show up every ounce of that 20% so that they can fulfill that 80%. If I am not there, the 100% doesn't happen. 80% is not 100. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Is ghostwriting only for books or is there other opportunities to work with a ghostwriter? Great question. There are a lot of various opportunities to work with a ghostwriter. So I'm actually... Uh, working with somebody very soon and with a couple of contractors who uh, we're going to be working together on ghostwriting this person's thought leadership platform. So a lot of the high level thought leaders that you might see on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on other social media sites, on uh, blogs, on email newsletters, I know, um, you know, there are a variety of ghostwriters and copywriters who work with teams to develop those stories and develop that content. And then that content gets publishes on that, a publish, excuse me, on that person's platform. So that is a really great way of ensuring even before you enter into a ghostwriting relationship for a book that you have a good working relationship with your ghostwriter at a lower level on a thought leadership platform. 
All right. Thought leadership platform. Is that also considered like maybe an online learning platform like some people might think of? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, for for my purposes, I have always considered thought leadership platforms to be any type of online platform that develops your own thought leadership. So it's your idea on a specific subject and why somebody should come to you in regards to that subject. You are becoming an expert or have proven your expertise in that particular niche, in that particular field. So there can be speakers. A lot of my clients are speakers as well, and they need books to develop their thought leadership platform. They already are thought leaders because they have been paid across the globe, a lot of them, uh, for their own thought leadership platform and their own thought leadership learning opportunities. I'm leading up to a very, very good question because how I align this is, say I wanted to work with you and I, I want to get all my knowledge, information, and thought leadership out there around marketing because that's what I'm knowledgeable about. So yeah. join Hank's marketing, uh, market, marketing Acceleration Academy, right? It'd be an online learning thing where I'm sharing my information so people can get started. Whether or not I charge for it doesn't matter here. Uh, what I've heard over the last few months and last year is that market is kind of getting saturated where in the past few past few years, maybe up to five years ago, people wanted to learn, especially when the pandemic hit, people, people took that as an opportunity to get online and just start learning about how do I start my business? How do I market my business? Or how do I buy real estate? You know, whatever it is they choose. And now there's rotten apples that are spoiling the bunch, right? There's people that don't have authority, that are not thought leaders, uh, that are actually just putting out really good ads, really good social media posts saying, pay $99, you have access to all my content. And it's really just repurposed information, et cetera. So what do you feel like for 2024, the importance of having that if you are a thought leader? And is there still value in creating and disseminating that information? Wow, that is a very good and thorough question. (laughs) (laughs) One that... I would probably have to to think a little bit about in terms of what I think of, you know, the idea of course creation, the idea of e-learning, you know, I don't have specific stats, but from what I see, you're right, the market has become saturated over time, especially the last four years. And I think it started right before the pandemic and people realized that this was a market that they could get into. And what I have found now from what I am seeing in the online world, in the coaching sphere and the thought leadership sphere is, you know, the emphasis is now on relationship building. And to me, you need to develop really thoughtful, really wonderful relationships in order to grow that thought leadership platform, that referral network. And once you're able to put yourself out there in a way that's going to make you feel really good about yourself, about the services you're providing, about uh, what what your client's results are, right? If 
But if you're seeing all of these ads and you can't find any single testimonial about a result from that person's course or from that person's, you know, whatever they happen to be selling, then I might take a step back and really ask yourself, is this somebody who knows what they're talking about? And is this somebody who I want to engage with? You read my mind and I was going to say it comes down to trust and somebody's knows that you're there, brand awareness, and then following up and looking at either, you know, whatever type of reviews it is, or even just if it's a Facebook ad, there's people that post. There'll people be people to say it's a scam or other people say this is great and you should uh, follow, see who they're connected with. If you can connect with them on LinkedIn or see who they're connected with. So yeah. yeah, that's really what it comes down to. I think almost with anything like car dealerships, it comes down to a relationship and nobody wants to buy from a car salesman. that's really trying to push a car on them. And it comes down to them getting to know what you want and you trusting them and them giving you value is really what it comes down to. Therefore, I think yeah. anytime yeah. anyone says that market's saturated, like everybody's saying TikTok now is too saturated and the algorithm's not as favorable as it used to be, but you can still spin up and start a new account and be very successful with it. It's just, you just have to find the right audience, the right engagement, and then you can be successful on TikTok. Yeah, I, I think uh, another really important factor in, um, you know, my work and from what I've seen in, you know, all, all of these different online learning platforms and with speakers and, and all of all of that, I find that the main skill that is missing in today's day and age is listening. And I view listening as the number one skill that everybody should have. And what's happening nowadays with technology and the you know introduction of AI over the past what year or so now, uh, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome tools that we can go to and we can grab and we can grab and continuously grab and never actually attain what we want to attain because A, we're not fully listening to ourselves and or B, we're not actually listening to the people around us. We have our phones in our hands. We're trying to multitask. Uh, we're trying to have five different things going on at once when we're meeting somebody new for the first time, whether it's online or in person. And, you know, we're at a networking event, let's say in person and five people's phones are going off or you're constantly you know, looking at, you know, I have a smartwatch, right? A lot of people have smartwatches. Now there's all these different distractions and shiny objects. So my advice for all of that would be, listen, start to listen to yourself and to the people around you, and especially listen to what your clients or potential clients are actually telling you. It goes back to that question. What type of support do you need? Well, if you're asking a question of somebody, then expect that they will want you to listen to what they're trying to say and what they're trying to tell you that they need. And you would be doing everybody in that scenario a disservice if you are not allowing yourself to listen to everybody. That was me a few years ago. And I know I needed to work on my active listening skills, especially when I was a manager, listening to my employees when they brought up a topic or needed to talk one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, I, I have 
I don't, I, I've never gotten diagnosed, but I know I have ADHD and I just made it a point to just either fidget with something with my fingers. So my, my hand is busy while I'm listening rather than like wanting to check my computer or check my phone for messages. Uh, I heard a tip the other day. It was actually a TikTok, and, and it said, if you have struggle, like reading stuff, uh, emails or book or whatever, put on background music with no lyrics and your brain, because when you have ADHD, your brain wants to do numerous things at once. And that's what, you know, is a detriment to getting stuff done or actually doing something uh, really accurately. And I tried that and it actually works because your brain is doing two things, but the one is like so minute and it's not really taking a lot of attention from your brain, but it's occupying a sector of your brain and allows you to focus a little bit more on the reading or whatever that is. Uh, try it, folks. If you, you put on a little bit of music while you're trying to focus on something, or even if you need to listen to somebody, you don't want to listen to that conversation. Maybe just have a little music in the background to make it a little bit easier. But getting to know your clients, that that's very important, what you said at the end there. Because if you don't know what they want or need, you'll never create content, write a book that's going to resound with them or provide cool. a product or service that means anything. Cool. Uh, a lot of times people think either them or, you know, like, oh, I have the best product because I developed it or I'm the best marketer and this is the best message because I created it. That's why there's always testing and marketing, you know, doing split testing on websites and with email marketing. It's because you need to find out what your audience is going to resound with, not what you think is the best. And I guess that's where you come in with books is somebody might say, hey, this is going to be a bestseller. This, this is going to win me awards. Can you look at it? And you're going to say, um, oh, need a little work. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. I actually find that the majority of people who come to me say, I think I have a good idea for a book, but I'm concerned that my market is oversaturated and I don't know if my idea is going to stand out from the crowd. And this happens a lot with specifically leadership books. So I have worked on a lot of leadership books, multiple. I have two, no, three leadership books that I, I'm working on in various capacities right now at this moment. And they are all different, right? Because what happens is, when you have experiences, when you're a consultant and you go into a company, those companies are going to need different tactics and different ways of getting to where they want to go. And those various consultants and leaders can come in and help streamline whatever is broken or whatever is deemed to be broken, right? And what's important is, and from my perspective, is then my clients saying, listen, this is my methodology of what has worked. And these are examples. These are case studies and examples of what has worked when I've gone into the companies and I've seen X, Y, Z, right? <clears throat> so I always say we have to figure out what point A is and what point B is and how are we going to bridge the gap? And that's for every small minute point that you want to make. And that's also for every single larger point that you want to make. That's for the thesis and your argument that you're making overall for the message that you want to share in your book. That's the second time that we've said saturation, right? And yeah. I think it comes down to you can get into a market that's saturated and what are you doing different, better uh, that you mm -hmm. can attract the audience. And for me, I like informal type learning. In other words, if I read a leadership book and it was like, very black and white and it's like here's the six steps and you have to follow them like this or someone maybe said 
hey, I went from nobody living in a poor family from a poor area of the country to being a leader of a, you know, a billion dollar company. And this is how I did. And they tell a story along the way and you learn from their stories. I would tend to be more inspired and learn from that style rather than the cut and dry follow these steps, because I feel like I'm not that type of person to take those notes and actually do those uh, in those steps in that order, where if I listen to someone and they have some good topics and, and takeaways, I'm probably going to try to implement those. Interesting. Interesting. You know, the other word that, <clears throat> that came to me as you were discussing that is the idea of credibility. And a lot of times, you know, somebody comes to me because they want to either develop their content on their desired social media platform uh, so that they can also sell courses, sell their co consultations, you know, whatever they are wanting to sell, or <clears throat> they're looking for more speaking engagements. Uh, it's the same thing when people come to me with a book, they want uh, to come. I have a client right now. This is his third book. And he said, you know, this one is my most important one. I need help putting this together because this is a really important message for me. And another tip that I always like to share or a question I should say is when you walk into a bookstore and you look on the shelf, you see your book, you see the book that is in your mind, you visualize it. It's there. It's in the shop what are three to five books that are surround are, that are surrounding it? Mm -hmm. Where are they? What section of, you know, Barnes and Noble, of Amazon, if you're looking online, whatever it is, a bookshop, that's a great indie site too, to look at books. Um, why are those books the ones that are the comp titles to yours? And it really gets people to think about how they can develop their own credibility within their methodology of what they want to showcase. Interesting. It's a good exercise to do. I know, I know a few people that have written books and when it launches, they go right to the bookstore to find out where it is. <laughs> I think more so they can take a picture of it, but yeah, they need to look Absolutely. at it from, uh, you know, what's next to it and why would they choose yours too? And then we can probably even have a whole another episode on book cover design, right? And now how that affects the people's decision to buy it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I read a stat once that it's uh, 80% of book sales are due to the cover. That's crazy. Which I believe. Yeah. I guess yeah. people are judging the books by their cover. I had to do that one. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> All right. So I think we established that it's important to get content out there. And it is a good idea to work with somebody, whether it's ghostwriting capacity or just copywriting or editing, right? Yeah. Now we have chat GPT. What? You know, what are the, the positives and the negatives of me just taking all my content, all my stories, or an outline, uploading it to ChatGPT and say, help me write an award-winning book? Yeah, great question. So there are two sides, I believe, from my perspective on all AI. Okay, so one is I know that people are using ChatGPT and other AI tools to write materials. Now, materials can encompass short form content or long form content. I don't believe that it is a safe or a good idea to have ChatGPT develop an entire blog post 
or an entire book due to possible copyright infringements. There's a lot that's unknown now in, in today's day and age. However, the flip side of that is I like using AI tools for research purposes. I think that if I don't know um, about a particular subject, let's say I'm researching, I have a couple water bottles sitting here, so I'm going to use that as an example. <laughs> so let's say I want to research different types of water bottles. Instead of using a search engine, I'm using ChatGPT to learn more about the types of water bottles that there are in, in the world, right? So a lot of what we used to use search engines for, people are now getting information about general subjects from AI. And I think that can be really helpful and beneficial. I also like using AI for synonyms for uh, this, like any type of thesaurus. I think it can be really great for that. I think it can be a great use for uh, coming up with titles and subtitles and keywords for blogs. I think if you have a blog post idea and you want to see what ChatGPT generates, you can see what it generates, but are you going to copy and paste all of it? Is it going to make a lot of sense? Probably not, right? If you don't know how to prompt it, it then it's going to come back with lots of floaty, fluttery, like fun material. And it's not necessarily going to be A, in your brand voice, and B, not necessarily going to be exactly the way that you want to portray yourself, not only as a brand, but as an individual, as a company. And C, it's not necessarily going to have the stories that you want to showcase. You have to bring the human experience to your work, like period. And AI cannot fully replace the human experience. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, it's one of my favorite writing podcasts. And they were talking about uh, somebody who wrote an editorial letter in this uh, publishing uh, newsletter. And they were talking about the com uh, comparing Napster to ChatGPT. And I thought that was really interesting. It's obviously different. But I thought it was interesting in terms of thinking about how everybody thought Napster was going to steal all the music, right? That artists were not going to get paid again. Um, there's a couple of suits right now uh, from for AI that are going through. And I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out with copyright infringement laws. Um, I am not a lawyer. My husband is, <laughs> but, but I, I do believe that there is a time and place to use chat GPT in a way that's going to be really beneficial and really make your life easier in terms of understanding and building your knowledge base. But again, bringing that human story aspect only you can do that. Only a person can do that. And that's why I think it's so critical to have your work done by a ghostwriter or an editor or taken a look at. When I write myself, I need an editor. So everybody needs an editor. Even editors need editors. So I think that's really, really crucial.
Amen. That's a lot of good information there. I would say you can use AI tools for augmentation as well as research. Like you said, sometimes I'll write something and I'll say it's missing something, or I need this really to hone in on my audience. And I may run it through chat GPT to say, can you rewrite this and change the tone too for this audience? And I like to see what it comes up with, but then again, I'll still edit that. Uh, I've wow. noticed that it's a little too formal most times. And especially if you try to create social media posts, it's, it's so sterile and like, uh, I don't know, too professional that, you know, it's a robot writing it, but it can give you ideas. I mean, Bing, you know, if you, uh, I think I mentioned this in one of my other episodes, if you uh, sign up for the Bing uh, search that has chat GPT, and then you download the Bing app and sign in, they'll give you like the enhanced version for free. And you don't get the chat GPT plus, but you get like a better version where it accesses the internet. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, I think this is what a summary of this article would be like a blog article that I read. And I try to see what, what Bing would do. And then, and it gives me something different sometimes than something I haven't thought of or create outlines for a blog post. Hey, I want to write a blog post about X. Can you help me provide an outline for this type of audience? And it may actually even give you content and you can use a little bit of it, but yeah, go in and fill in all those spaces. I really liked your answer because, um, you know, another phrase I've heard that I live by is, you know, successful people collaborate and uh, unsuccessful or jealous people compete, right? Uh, whereas a lot of editors, writers, et cetera, probably should be up in arms about AI tools, but I think they're seeing it as complementary to what they do. And actually, it may create more people to say, hey, I want to write something. Then they experience the AI tools writing and they're like, eh, it's not perfect. Maybe I need to find somebody that can help me. And maybe it's going to bring editors, ghostwriters, more business. Maybe that'll be something we can measure down the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really interesting point. I didn't think of it like that. Uh, in the writing groups that I'm a part of, I have definitely seen a split in terms of what uh, is, is uh, possible with ChatGPT. Some people are thinking this is the devil. This is the worst thing that's happened to me. And I just look at it and say, it's another tool to use. Yeah. And it's a tool like when the keyboard was invented, when the computer was invented after the typewriter, right? So it's just like, uh, you know, there's a like Bluetooth mouse, uh, like my Bluetooth mouse. I love, I love it. But, you know, it's a tool that, that I use. And uh, do you have to use all the tools available to you? No, you don't. But will it possibly enhance what you're trying to accomplish? Maybe in certain scenarios, like what you said, you know, if you want to ask ChatGPT what they think about XYZ or how to explain something, am I going to copy and paste it verbatim? Absolutely not. But am I going to use it for research purposes so that I have a better understanding of what that blog needs to be? or how, you know, two pieces of information can go nicely together in a sentence, then sure, we can play around with it and see. Um, but I think it, in general, I think it's important to embrace the new. Yes. 
And I think the folks that are getting up in arms, I think they're doing it for the wrong reasons. The peop most people that are probably turning to tools like ChatGPT and stuff to help them with, say, social media or blog posts, et cetera, they probably don't have the budget to work with an editor anyway. Therefore, right. business is not getting stolen from them. But I think it's a gateway for people to see how important content is. And if they start seeing little success, uh, but it's just not getting anywhere, then they start working with other people. And that's where they might have a budget or develop a budget to work with someone. I think it just enhances everybody's workflow. Obviously it helps larger organizations and their marketing team in some aspects, but those people are probably not working with editors anyway. They probably have one on staff. Yeah. And I think it's important to think about our time. And I like to talk about our resources and two of our resources are money and time and think about how much time it will take you to develop that social media content, even with ChatGPT. You're going to have to know exactly the right prompts. You're going to have to be able to recreate whatever ChatGPT spews out at you in your own voice. That might actually end up taking a longer amount of time than it would, because I also think that when we are using those tools, we're not allowing ourselves to fully think about and form our own ideas. We're allowing, you know, this tool to form the idea for us instead. And then we say, wait a minute, that's not actually what I want to say here. I want to talk about this in a different way. And then it takes another half hour. It takes an extra half hour or an extra 15 minutes. And in that period of time, could you have done a 500 word blog post in a half hour or in those 15 minutes instead of wasting 15 on chat GPT and then having to recreate everything and then do it from scratch. And, you know, it's, it's, it can be a vicious cycle if you're not careful with how you're utilizing your time in that way. And if you say, you know, I'm just going to outsource this instead, I'm not going to use my time at all, then I'm going to give money to a writer who knows what they're doing and can help me develop this content. That is a better use of my time. So I encourage everybody listening to think about them, think about what resources you have and decide, do I have the extra funds in my budget to hire somebody to help me with this? Or do I have the time to, to spend on developing this content in my platform? Well, it's time to make a decision, folks. You know, use AI, use an editor, use them both. It's all up to you. And Danielle, if people want to work with you, learn about you or connect with you, what are the best ways for them to do that? Yeah, so you can go to my website, thesoulalignedghostwriter.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. And you can just search my name, Danielle Perlin-Good, without an E. And that's on LinkedIn. And I look forward to uh, chatting more and seeing all of the amazing things that your audience is doing. Well, that's all for now. Don't be a ghost. Write content. Use a ghostwriter if you need to. Danielle, it's so great to have you on. Thank you so much.